Well, welcome to this month's Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name is Andrew Murray. My name is Sarah Johannesson Murray. For those of you who perhaps have never listened to the show before, uh, we do this every third Friday of the month from 7 till 8 p.m. Uh, we're both licensed medical herbalists who graduated in England with a degree in herbal medicine. And we consult uh, with people about a wide range of conditions and, uh, you know, to basically give nutritional advice, etc., etc., uh, about whatever it is they need help with. Um, for those of you who perhaps have uh, just tuned in and perhaps maybe have never used, uh, listened to us before, uh, like I said, it's a once every month, third Friday of the month, and this has become uh, very normal now. Uh, Dr. Raymond Peters is our special guest, and uh, we generally cover a wide range of different subjects. And so um, this month, I wanted to uh, have a little break from doing the endocrine uh, stuff that we've been doing for the last couple of months and just uh, discuss Dr. Pete's newsletter, number one, his main newsletter, which was entitled Language and Criticism. Uh, and that will tie in very nicely to a basically a, an expose that was done by Carla Rothenberg, as a Harvard graduate, who basically discussed the mechanism by which the estrogen industry was protected and how estrogen was uh, given good light and uh, good press and uh, used in HRT, contraception, etc. and made billions and billions of dollars for companies like Wyeth and Lilly and uh, uh, Squibb, uh, just to name three or so of the uh, corporations that are involved in it. But more to the point, that progesterone, uh, which is the kind of... And Andrew, excuse me. Uh, I'm not sure why we're not picking you up so well. Uh, Sarah, you were coming through quite fine on mic two. I've checked the volume levels for mic one. I know. I can hear Andrew. is very quiet. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. I've got the volume level turned up all the way. Would you please try mic three? Yeah, try that one. Okay, how's this one? Oh, there you go. Oh, that's much right. better. Thank there you. Excuse me. Yeah, there was a lot of interference. <laughs> Teleprompter free. Here we go. Okay, so uh, as I was saying, I, I won't go ahead and repeat everything I said, but ultimately um, this month's uh, radio show is going to be on two subjects. One is Dr. Pete's newsletter, uh, which is Language and Criticism, basically outlining the uh, authoritarian attitude uh, towards dissemination of information and steering uh, the public consciousness in a very controlled way. Uh, so just to highlight uh, why things are the way they are and why they shouldn't be that way. And then the other half of the show, uh, which may actually run over until uh, next month, is uh, exposing all the uh, documents and all the proof and evidence that Carla Rothenberg, uh, a PhD graduate, uh, managed to find out about blatant, obvious lies uh, which were included and misinformation that was included and misrepresentation that was made supporting the estrogen industry uh, when actually the papers were there very clearly outlining the negative effects of estrogen and the positive effects of progesterone. Now, um, and Dr. Pete is a big proponent of progesterone and I think we'll see if we haven't already in the months and the years that we've been doing the show with him, that he's been supporting and advocating uh, the use for women and or men in some instances to be using progesterone. 
uh, why it is such a beneficial anti-inflammatory hormone and why it is that estrogen, which was always maintained as the uh, the female hormone that women needed, especially in menopause, uh, why it's such a dangerous uh, chemical to even be uh, promoting, especially after uh, menopause. So I wanted to start the show uh, uh, by reading out uh, a section that last month was going to prelude uh, this month's talk. Um, so saying it's basically it's not a conspiracy. Um, it's declassified fact that the CIA the CCF and the Rockefeller and Ford Foundations are all implicated in moulding and steering culture and belief systems to their doctrines and thereby controlling them as high priests. It's not surprising it happens after all. It, if it wasn't them, the vacuum left would be filled by others. It's just a moral issue of deception and greed behind the construct which is shameful. So through misrepresentation and bad science, the anti-cancer benefits of progesterone were skewed and suppressed in favor of estrogen, and the estrogen industry's multi-billion dollar production of contraception and HRT fueled massive profits and a propagandistic population reduction religion. Because of this skewed information, progesterone was added to the California Prop 65 list of known carcinogens. Uh, big pharma interests and lobbying, happy to keep it this way because of financial interest, maintained the disinformation and academia followed compliance in doctrine and education. So before we get into the expose surrounding the misinformation regarding the effects of estrogen versus progesterone, I wanted to start the show by outlining the truth regarding the criticism in that during the last 10 to 15 years, uh, Dr. Pete's newsletter mentioned that several people have written about the lack of major transformative ideas in science since the middle of the last century, and that the status quo is devoted to maintaining this. So let's just see if Dr. Pete is on the line now. Okay, we, do we have Dr. Pete yet? Doesn't seem like we do, so we'll just... I'm not sure what we're doing. What's the engineer doing? Do we have Dr. Pete with us? Say again. Do we have Dr. Pete with you us? No, uh, I, Dr. Pete, are you there? I guess not. I'm sorry. Let me uh, try reaching him again. Okay. All right. Well, until we, uh, until we get Dr. Pete on the line, uh, we'll just continue in the hope that he can be reached. Um, so essentially, the uh, newsletter that Dr. Pete wrote, and this is his May newsletter, uh, outlined that the very war, and I will call it a war, against um, true science uh, was being waged by a very egalitarian and uh, authoritarian uh, industry uh, with both regulators, lobbyists, government uh, and other big interests at the heart of maintaining a status quo of domination of the market. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's uh, just a fact that vested interests like pharmaceutical companies generating billions and billions of dollars in revenue uh, with drugs produce reports about drugs that some of which we find later on uh, were found to be very dangerous and obviously People can think about drugs that have hit the headlines as being very damaging and dangerous products that were withdrawn. Uh, but then also there is the fact that lots of research is actually buried. Uh, some of the research that shows things are not that good for you are skewed. Uh, the reports and the results are skewed in favor of the decision that's wanted by the drug manufacturers. Uh, and also evidence to show that a drug's effect is actually very negative is often buried. Now, it's, uh, it's certainly a case in point of maintaining a control over an industry uh, which is quite a monopolistic 
uh, industry. And the FDA, again, have been implicated in being complicit in this uh, deception. So uh, his newsletter was basically um, uh, comparing the uh, academic and the uh, sort of libertarian um, side of academia, whether it's the humanities, uh, including the philosophy, uh, the, the arts, uh, you know, and the kind of um, you know, creative thinking side of the education system versus the reductionistic and scientific side uh, of the uh, equation, which uh, was born out of the uh, rapid increase in knowledge. But that rapid increase in knowledge itself bought its own problems because it could be seen as being steered in a certain direction. And that direction ultimately, uh, and I think it's fairly common normal bias, that it was steered in the direction of those powers that had the most control and wanted to maintain the narrative that was important for them. So uh, when we do get Dr. Pete on, we'll question him uh, about the findings that he's produced in his newsletter. And then uh, we'll go... Uh, probably about 7.30 or so, um, to open up a discussion about Carla Rothenberg. And then, as usual, we'll take callers from 7.30 until 8 o'clock. And then people are very uh, welcome to ask questions outside of the subject, but it's always good when we keep on topic. So if people do have uh, questions surrounding either uh, the estrogen industry, um, progesterone and estrogen's effects, or whether or not there are people that have direct experience uh, with the authoritarian uh, academic um, you know, mindset that people uh, come across. Another thing I wanted to mention is that funding for these natural hormones that uh, drug companies are not able to patent becomes a problem because if there's no monetary incentive for them to do studies, then studies are not done on such things that are not patentable, such as thyroid and progesterone, because they're natural hormones. So are we still uh, trying to get Dr. Pete on the line? Yes, we are. I just had him for a second. Dr. Pete, are you there? Okay, you guys, uh, I'm real. I'm really sorry. There's another engineer on the way, and he should be here in just a minute, sure. and uh, we'll get it worked out. Excuse me. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Now, these things do happen. It is a live broadcast. Uh, and Dr. Pete, I know I spoke to him earlier on. He's certainly uh, joining us. Uh, but whatever there is, is a technical glitch for some reason. Okay, so some of those things, I just wanted to mention, who doesn't recognize the term MK Ultra? I'm sure quite a few of you have heard the term MKUltra before. Uh, it was actually a very real uh, exercise in producing a uh, situational mind control uh, to not only uh, maintain compliance and uh, order, but to physically, mentally direct um, uh, the minds of those p- subjects that were under uh, that influence to be basically willing pawns uh, to do the bidding of the organizations that were controlling them. So uh, we've all heard about the CIA. We've heard about the Rockefeller Foundation. We've sounds heard like about the Bourne movies. <laughs> well, it's a little bit... It sounds conspiracy theory, folks, but you know what? Truth really is stranger than fiction. Uh, it's not until people start waking up and turning around and looking over their shoulder that they start seeing things uh, are not actually the way that they're told things are. Uh, that's just the uh, kind of limited brain space that they want you in so that you don't argue and that you don't uh, you don't uh, buck the system question authority okay so i think uh, do we have dr pete on the line 
Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay, Dr. Pete, thanks for joining us. Okay, um, so I've given uh, an outline of what it is uh, we'd like to uh, discuss. Uh, the first being the um, newsletter that you produced on the language and criticism and how the authoritarianism within the educational system has been motivated and fueled by big business and big money, uh, whether it's the Ford or Rockefeller Foundations or the CIA, uh, and how this very much controls the narrative, especially within education, uh, about what it is that is and isn't published and what we are or aren't expected to know. Um, Yeah, the the gene theory is uh, really the, the best basis for an authoritarian theory of society and organization of society. Uh, Conrad Lorentz developed the idea of uh, genetically based behavior uh, for the for Hitler, for the Nazi party, uh, as the ideology for uh, uh, the, the race supremacism mm-hmm. and the uh, elimination of inferior people and so on. And exactly that ideology was taken up by American biologists as soon as the war was over. Uh, and uh, Chomsky's uh, idea of, of uh, generative uh, grammar, it, it, it's really structurally uh, identical to Conrad Lorenz's uh, genetically based theory of behavior. Uh, and um, uh, uh, Chomsky's research is financed by, has been since the 1950s, financed by the Pentagon for use in war-making. But it's really uh, the same ideology that uh, Lorenz developed for social control and uh, uh, genocide. Okay, so uh, I mentioned earlier on uh, a little bit about what was brought out uh, in in the document here, that the uh, Rockefeller and Ford Foundations, as well as the CIA actively um, identified individuals who represented particular features of their ideologies who who could exert effects over organizations and people. And it was only the humanities, um, the languages, the arts, literature, philosophy, etc., that was a major obstacle to this authoritarian civilization. And um, the funding for this pro-authoritarian direction included uh, prestigious publishing houses, uh, major mass magazines, Hollywood, and broadcasting to dictate the position. Um, uh, it, yeah, I, I gave the example of C.P. Snow's famous uh, article and, and lecture in the 1950s uh, on the two cultures. Uh, that was uh, the, the ideology was that science was the basis of the true culture, and the humanities, art, philosophy, uh, uh, literature, religion. Uh, all of these things were obstacles to uh, to the progress of civilization. Right, because these, these would have been much more altruistic, uh, compassionate, looking for the better good of uh, civilization and humanity, uh, and not at all um, vested yeah. financial interests. Uh, yeah, that's uh, why they were called the humanities. <laughs> Because they were humane. Yeah. So, what yeah. were you saying? You said grammar was structured around this ideology. Um, uh, yeah, the, the um, uh, it started in the 1930s. Uh, Chomsky wasn't the originator of the idea. It came out of of the uh, early computer uh, thinking that 
you needed a language that wasn't complex and uh, fluent, fluid uh, if you were going to uh, put all knowledge into computers. Things had to be uh, absolutely self-contained. <clears throat> and uh, so they developed <clears throat> a, a theory of reality in which uh, the reality was made up of self-contained units in which uh, their position in space and time didn't affect them essentially uh, because they wanted the language to have a one-to-one -one, uh, relationship to reality. And the computers could only handle absolutely discrete units of information. Uh, so the, uh, the ideology of reality uh, was set so that it worked in computers. And uh, uh, that fit with the idea that each of our units of meaning is determined genetically by, by a discrete uh, molecular structure. And so behavior uh, would be re reduced to these discrete units. And grammar was simply one of the types of behavior that could be genetically determined. And so uh, Chomsky was, was just a, a, a one of the people uh, completing this theory that genes control behavior, grammar is one of our behaviors. And so uh, language... Uh, can be reduced to these these units. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned a, a little bit before, while we were getting you on here that um, also the uh, program, the MK Ultra program, came out of the same CIA desire to control uh, and very much through language, the... Um, it was called the Command and, Contr Command and Control, wasn't it? The, uh, um, the I think, the tenet... Uh, uh, yeah, you can read some of the Pentagon's books uh, describing what they're doing uh, on the internet. So it does it does go on. It, it's always it always blows me away. Uh, the more outlandish something sounds, the more the, the more realistic it is to actually having happened. And uh, it, yeah, I, I never ne never fails to amaze me that sometime down the road, even when I am tentatively uh, cautious about adopting that position, that down the road there's more and more evidence that comes out to compel me to believe that this was actually the way it was. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it's a little bit of an aside here, but I remember when I first came to this country, uh, 2001, uh, it was in 2002 and three that we were starting to um, visit different stores and seeing what accounts we could uh, raise uh, to you know, produce, uh, send our products that we produced. And I was talking to one of the uh, people in the store, and probably a 23-year-old 20, uh, female, um, you know, not an older person, very kind of hip with it, young and just kind of um, eyes open. Uh, and after the end of the uh, uh, presentation that we gave her, she said she started going on about chemtrails. And um, she said, yeah, it's disgusting, you know, the chemtrails up in the sky, they're just coalescing and forming this big map cloud and they're cooling the earth down. And I'm, I'm starting up this coalition here in California to campaign against it. And I just looked at her and I, I just, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless and I looked at Sarah and then we kind of left and we got back into the car and I said, wow, that girl is nuts. And you know what? I maintained that position here for a couple of years because I didn't really know anything about chemtrails. It was not something that I was looking at. I wasn't really looking sideways. I was just keeping my head down working. Uh, and then 
slowly but surely all the evidence was coming out and I could not believe it. It sounded so outlandish but it was so true. And so here we are today with not only chemtrails but we've got uh, all the GMO integration um, of different biological compounds that are now in the atmosphere or in the food or in the water. Then we've got the nanoparticles that are potentially messing things up and uh, the whole um, genetic uh, basis by which <laughs> tomatoes have been spliced with fish or you know whatever uh, the, the more wild the more wild it is actually wake up folks and take a better look at it because you know what it's uh, they it's kind of hiding in plain sight and they're just hoping that you're so dumb and you're so uh mind brainwashed and just mindless at just watching tv and just going uh, obviously going to work and keeping keeping alive paying the bills that you don't have time to look anywhere so i when we first started this um discussion here years ago ask your web doctor we were looking very much on a kind of counterculture kind of way looking at uh, alternatives with alternative medicine being our background and um i'm very pleased when we met you because you were very much supporting a lot of the things that we'd thought about before that were uh, very much true and a lot of other things. So the whole thing, MK Ultra, the CIA involvement, the Rockefeller Foundation, the whole um, uh, the uh, end of the Second World War, the formation um, of these big, big councils and organisations to control the planet. I mean, it's not that far-fetched. It really is actually quite true, in fact. And so uh, between the World Health Organisation uh, and the European Union, uh, with all their influence, are very much wanting to control the narrative uh, to tell us the way things are. And drugs and drug research is just another arm of that, which, again, multi-billion dollar powerful industry with powerful lobbying in government. So when we do find out later on, in the rare instances when we get told that uh, some of these drugs were crippling people or causing more cancer or just uh, doing more harm than good, uh, we have to remember that that tenant of medicine is first do no harm. Uh, and I think bringing out the uh, discussion with vaccines that the vaccine makers are indemnified against all blame uh, really just lays it open that they are very much hiding behind a, uh, a, a government protection that enables a, uh, a system to proceed pretty much unchecked. Uh, and Part of the control system is convincing people that medicine is really uh, good for them. Right. <laughs> covering up the, the actual uh, facts of vaccination. But it, it, the total uh, cancer picture, for example, has, has, I think it's been fraudulent since the turn of the century. Uh, 25 years ago, uh, when Donna Shalala uh, declared that the cancer war was being won. Right. Uh, I looked at the statistics and and saw that she was using fraudulent statistics to declare victory in uh, 1994. And I predicted then that uh, they weren't going to be able to uh, keep using the uh, present uh, statistics to uh, continue winning the war on cancer because the baby boomers would be reaching the cancer age in the year 2000. In that year, the National Statistics Bureau shifted that they no longer give raw data on cancer mortality, but only age-adjusted mm. figures. Mm. So it's almost impossible to, to put together a picture of what's really happening. But in a few situations, like young women with breast cancer, 
that there is a, a very great increase among young women and uh, both incidence and mortality from breast cancer. So uh, they, they are doing their best to cover up the, the figures for things like cancer, asthma, uh, all of the degenerative diseases, the effects of vaccination, uh, and so on. Well, it's, it's follow the money, and if you know if they're not going to fund a study, then we're not going to hear the truth. It's like the radiologist says he sees birth defects in women who use fertility treatment, and you ask the fertility specialist, and they say, no, that's not a fact because it hasn't been studied. And why hasn't it been studied? Because there's no money to pay for the studies. I, again, it reminds me of what you were talking about, Dr. Pete, and you've mentioned it quite a few times, that when you were uh, pursuing your PhD, you would spend hours and hours in the library looking through abstracts and looking through uh, chemical uh, abstracts and database um, uh, information to find, you know, uh, you know, supporting or refuting evidence for whatever proposition uh, you were trying to make. And that quite soon after that, I think you're talking about the, uh, uh, the 50s, um, the libraries suddenly started pulling all their printed reference material out of the libraries and uh, were starting to uh, turn to a digitized uh, format where those papers that were written in the 1900s and up to the 1950s that showed very good science-based research that was done in many different areas was suddenly not available anymore. Uh, Yeah, I used to use biological abstracts and chemical abstracts, uh, which they had back to 1910, and it filled a whole huge room. Uh, just uh, each year, there were about uh, 30 or 40 pounds of books of abstracts printed. And uh, uh, suddenly, those that whole room full of abstracts disappeared about 15, 10 or 15 years ago. And I asked the librarian where they were, and they had been moved to a storage basement. And I said, well, can I uh, ask for particular years of volumes and they said no they, they aren't labeled they're not indexed oh, yeah <laughs> Gosh. oh my goodness all right so uh, that's why th- they call it the healthcare industry yeah very much so okay the engineer wants to uh, read out i think you've got something to uh, read out here i do thanks just we've got to take a short very short break here to um say thanks to some underwriters the time is 7.28. Temperature outside is 77 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 25 degrees Celsius. Support for our voice in the Redwoods has come is coming from Chautauqua Natural Foods in Garberville. Locally owned for 34 years, they specialize in local and organic produce, natural groceries, nutritional supplements, and body care products. Now announcing every day is Senior Day. Chautauqua is open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 7, Sunday, 10 to 5. They're just off the town square in Gerberville. More information is online at facebook.com slash Chautauqua Naturals. Big thanks as well going out to Sage Analytics, makers of potency testing devices that give results of potency in a matter of seconds, faster than sending it to a lab. The devices can be found at Bogart, located in Eureka, more information online at sageanalytics.com. You could also telephone area code 619-847-4477. And finally, heaps of gratitude going out from your Voice in the Redwoods to Emerald Kingdom Greenhouse, who created the Eclipse System. It's an auto-blackout, light-deprivation greenhouse and timer run. It can create an autumn darkness any time of day. 
More information on the Eclipse system is available at emeraldkingdomgreenhouse.com. And finally, the views and opinions expressed throughout the broadcast day are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of this station, its staff, or underwriters. Time will be made available for other viewpoints. Thank you for joining us. Okay, so uh, it's 7.30 now, and from 7.30 till the end of the show, people are invited to call in with any questions uh, related or unrelated to uh, both Dr. Pete's newsletter on the language and criticism, um, basically the authoritarian model that we've uh, been raised with, uh, very much pro-government authoritarian control of our thoughts and our minds uh, with information they want us to know. Uh, hiding the information perhaps in plain sight sometimes for those things that are counter to that. And then we're going to carry on uh, the rest of this show from 7.30 on now until the end of the show, uh, breaking down Carla Rothenberg's uh, absolutely devastating uh, uh, dissertation, uh, showing all the facts in very, very clear, uh, very, very clear ways to show that the lies purported by the estrogen industry uh, were so blatant uh, and that actually the protective effects of progesterone were so hidden um, that it led California's um, Proposition 65 to list progesterone as a carcinogen uh, with some very, very, very poor science behind it. In fact, uh, no real science, but actually a failure to see the science for what it was. And hello, hello. A more, or more all-willing, inclusive uh, um, attitude to maintain estrogen as the uh, prominent uh, drug manufactured by the markets. And now they classify breast tumors as um, progesterone-dependent as well as estrogen-dependent. So we will take uh, we will take callers from 7:30 to the end of the show. Uh, the number here, if you're in the area, is 707-923-3911. Or if you're outside Hello? the area, there's a 1-800 number, which is 1-800-KMUDRAD. Hello. Yeah, you're Can on the air. Hello. Yeah, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Oh yes. Hello. So um, yes, I have a question. Um, um, estrogen is. Hello? Yeah, the engineer cut you off, I think, now. Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Just go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so um, estrogen is also a natural hormone produced by the body. Why is is it not good and progesterone is good? And also progesterone is also in birth control pills, correct? Not not the... um, Well, Dr. Pete can talk about the differences, but not in its biological... Not an identical form, yeah. So they use progestins as well as estrogens. So synthesized progesterones. Um, it, yeah, the body makes a, a variety of of uh, hormones which are essential for acute reactions to stress. A histamine, for example, uh, and antihistamines are beneficial uh, in many. Even though the uh, antihistamine is a synthetic drug, turning off a natural drug, it can uh, be very protective, save lives. Uh, estrogen and uh, angiotensin, serotonin, nitric oxide uh, are other uh, intrinsic natural hormones which are very important for acute reactions to stress, but uh, like histamine, when they uh, are continued too long or at too high a concentration, they become deadly. Estrogen was known 
uh, over 100 years ago, about 1905, it was clearly identified as a cause of cancer. Uh, and uh, well, I thought they knew. I thought they knew in the 1800s that the chimney sweeps were developing testicular cancer from the high estrogenic con- content of the charcoal and the coal. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. The, 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 the identity of estrogen and the carcinogens that wasn't uh, clearly chemically identified until about 1935, 36, 37. Okay. A series of papers came out, and uh, uh, these people uh, warned against the use of any estrogen uh, for treatment because they, uh, uh, the chemical work made clear that uh, the soot carcinogenesis that was known from the 18th century uh, and the, uh, uh, the various chemical coal tar carcinogens that were studied through the late 19th and early 20th century, these were uh, seen to, to be essentially estrogenic, creating inflammation, fibrosis, and cancer, as well as the, the typical estrogen uh, symptoms. And uh, in, in the 1930s, uh, already progesterone was identified as the protective agent uh, against the carcinogenic and other uh, degenerative effects of, of uh, both estrogen and the coal tar soot uh, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Uh, and uh, for 20 years, from 1935 to 1955, uh, that work continued, but it was submerged. Uh, the, uh, the story that Carla Roth, Rothenberg, Rothenberg uh, tells uh, uh, it makes, it, makes it clear what was happening. 1940, 41, uh, the drug companies intervened to create their own stories. First, that estrogen was a female hormone hormone that would support pregnancy and retard aging. Then in the later 1940s, uh, progesterone, uh, to, to sell products, they, they realized that progesterone was expensive to make and uh, couldn't be patented. So each company developed a synthetic product that had some of progesterone's actions. But... Um, Testosterone, for example, has some of uh, progesterone's action. It can sustain uh, the uterine condition that's necessary for for pregnancy. But uh, many of the chemicals that uh, showed one of the reactions of progesterone, uh, most of them in the late 1940s had uh, also properties of estrogen. And, in fact, they would terminate pregnancy uh, uh, progesterone was named for the ability to sustain gestation, progestational. But uh, the uh, synthetic chemicals were given that name, even though they blocked, destroyed gestation, created uh, immediate uh, miscarriage or abortion. So the the FDA was basically controlled by the drug companies to falsify language, use language exactly in the opposite sense, so that the progestins that have continued to be used in birth control pills, some of them are strongly estrogenic and 
uh, all of them interfere with terminating pregnancy. And they're not bioidentical progesterone. They're a synthetic progesterone. Um, yeah, they're anti-progesterone, yeah, actually, right. but the FDA... They do not support uh, gestation. ...allows them to be called progestins. And worse than that, the FDA requires that natural progesterone uh, be given the properties of the anti-progesterones. Uh, if a, a synthetic progesterone causes, breast, causes heart disease, for example, then they have to warn that natural progesterone might cause heart disease or deformities of the developing embryo. Well, and also... I'm aware that estrogen is found in food. It um, leaches out of plastic bottles, uh, hormones that are in the oral contraceptive pill are estrogenic. The water supply becomes contaminated with estrogens. I, what else is there that's estrogenic? Um, bisphenol A is one of the most widespread synthetic estrogenic substances used in plastics. It, it's been known for uh, about 120 years. And men who developed uh, diethylstilbestrol, DES, in the 1930s was warning that it shouldn't be used in treating humans, but the drug companies immediately put it to use as the female hormone to uh, prevent miscarriage and uh, retard aging, even though it was known to cause miscarriage and to cause cancer. So we're exposed to a lot of estrogens in our environment, but are we exposed to progesterone, natural bioidentical progesterone, in our foods or in our environment? Um, milk naturally contains uh, some progesterone, and it contains a little thyroid and, and estrogen, but the, the naturally if, if the, the mother was uh, providing a, a large amount of estrogen to the babies, natural milk would... Uh, cause uh, feminization of, of boy babies. So uh, uh, it's obvious that natural milk contains uh, predominantly progesterone. All right. So I think, that's, uh, I think that wraps that up for that caller. I think the phone, uh, the lights have not stopped flashing, so I'm not too sure uh, whether or not there's people queued up or not. But let's see if there is a, another caller. Okay, so I think we're having some technical difficulties here, folks, because I see the lights flashing constantly. Um, and we'll just see if we can get those people actually to uh, oh, look out. Uh, yeah, um, there's uh, Michael is coming back, and he should okay. be here in a second. All right. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so uh, I think let's carry on with um, what I wanted to break down uh, is a revelationary piece of uh, work done by Carla Rottenberg, who's um, Harvard PhD student who basically wrote... Uh, a fairly damning <coughs> uh, expose on the estrogen industry, uh, especially with reference to HRT and contraceptives uh, that showed that the damage that was being caused was irrevocable and catastrophic in a lot of cases and that the estrogen industry uh, was certainly being exposed for what we've already discussed as a previous um, collusion uh, to maintain control over the production of estrogen uh, where there was no financial incentive to push progesterone uh, and the two of them had a very disparate uh, price 
limit, if you like. I think the estrogen, um, the estrogen's worth was a thousand times what progesterone's was, and um, a lot of the research was actually supporting um, the evidence to show that estrogen was supporting, you know, bone health, or it was uh, preventing the hot flashes with HRT, and how uh, women needed estrogen. And progesterone, in the meantime, was buried. I think what I wanted to bring out. We do have another quarter on the air here, but I wanted to bring out the whole reason why in California, uh, and always California, isn't it, uh, the Proposition 65 mandate that said that chemicals known to the state of, uh, known to the state of California had to be listed uh, on the label of whatever it was you're buying. Uh, again, there's a little bit of a, a weird spin on this, and that is left to the legislators and the lawyers in as much as if it's not used internally, you don't have to put that disclaimer on. But if it is to be used internally, you have to list it. Now, the fact that they put progesterone on the Prop 65 list and not estrogen is uh, beyond me. I will get into that after the next caller. So let's take this next caller. Caller, you're on the airway from... Caller, are you there? <laughs> we think she, we think they're there. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Oh, good. Hi. What, what, where are you uh, from and where's your, what's your question? I have a question. I have called a few times. I'm the one that wakes up every night with a headache. Okay. And I have a question. I found or I traced it back to an injury that I sustained in the nasal cavity. Okay. And what I understand now is I'm leaking... Um, cerebral spinal fluid okay. um, every night. Okay. So it has to do with my fluids. If I uh, drink too much fluid, it can make it worse. But anyway, it oozes water. <laughs> Interesting. So, Dr. Pay, how about... How so about... what I'm trying to figure out is I, I had uh, handled my allergies. Um, I have taken the thyroid, and I take quite a bit of it. And I've been on the diet religiously and very carefully and i'm thinking let's see i'm 61 now okay have um have 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 the doctors or the uh, medical professionals no i i really don't um want to try that well what i I wanted to ask was have they identified this uh this structure that you say uh is located here at the top of your nose uh, presumably here at this barrier, the CSF barrier, you said that it's leaking. It's leaking. So has that been visualized? Who told you that it was CSF that was uh, causing the... I've done a lot of studies. I've been at it eight years trying to figure it out. Okay, Dr. Pete. Um, uh, yeah, just a few weeks ago, uh, I was talking to a girl who had been uh, having that for uh, at least several months, but her symptoms went back several years since uh, late like puberty years, and, and uh, it, it's uh, closely associated with high estrogen to progesterone ratio. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, pregnenolone, DHEA, testosterone, and other androgens are protective, uh, so it isn't just progesterone, but uh, estrogen makes the blood vessels leaky, and, and uh, uh, various types of inflammation can set off that uh, leakiness. Uh, it isn't necessarily an injury. This girl that I recently talked to uh, didn't have any identified injury. It was just uh, uh, closely associated with PMS symptoms. And uh, uh, vitamin D deficiency is one of the things that can uh, 
increase the, the leakiness of the membranes. Have, has yours been tested? Your yes, it was up up very high at one time. Uh, the vitamin D. I brought it down. I think to more of a normal uh, range. It was up in the 80s, 90s. So I thought maybe 50s would be safer. Yeah, uh, do, you, do you watch your calcium to phosphate ratio in your diet? Probably yes, I have one, one meat uh, meal a day, and it's uh, done with the gelatin, so I'm very careful with that. And uh, I drink two quarts of milk and then, of course, the orange juice. And have and you then, ever had your estradiol to progesterone ratio tested? Uh, I really don't want to do any puncturing to my body, so I don't quite know what else to do there. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd rather guess on that, but I, I will. I'll uh, go ahead and... Uh, have have yeah. you tried supplementing pregnenolone or yes. progesterone? Yes. It, it was due to an injury. It, it was a ballooning uh, endocranial adjustment to my nose, because my jaw got dislocated. So um, I wake up every night at about 2 or 3, and I understand that the brain or the body makes uh, cerebral spinal fluid at that time. And so the best thing I can do is drink coffee and sit in a bathtub for about 40 minutes, and then it'll drain out, and then I can go back to sleep. But It's definitely the time of day where you're most uh, subjected to cortisol. Uh, in terms of um, low blood sugar, uh, have you have you experimented with making sure? Uh, Definitely, for, yeah. I eat a lot of sugar. Okay, now. all right. So it's not. Uh, what about antihistamines? I don't take antihistamines. Uh, if, if coffee helps, uh, what about aspirin? I take aspirin. I take three three tablets a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I space it out. Three. It with the K, of course. Well, I what about ciproheptadine, Dr. Pete? Um, uh, yeah, that, that I think is the safest uh, antihistamine because it also takes down uh, serotonin excess. That's yeah, I tried that and then I got restless legs, so I, I could try it again, but it really didn't uh, help me sleep very well. Did you say, Dr. P, that you'd like to recommend like a tenth of the normal dose? Um, uh, yeah, after you've used a few of the uh, typical doses of one or two milligrams, uh, it seems that you get more sensitive to it and can get a good reaction from a tenth of a milligram. Got it. Okay. I'm going to try it. Thank you so much for your help. I, I love the diet. <laughs> the best diet in the world. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm very healthy, but this uh, is quite a conundrum. Yeah. Uh, one other substance uh -huh. that has some antihistamine, anti-leakiness effects is uh, Emodin, either from cascara or rhubarb root. Okay. I do take cas cascara. Um, can I take just a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, I do... I, it keeps my bowels moving okay. very well, and I appreciate it very much. How much? Uh, you said you are using pregnenolone, did you? I do use How some much? pregnenolone. How I much use, use? Uh, those little scoops. I use two scoops. Well, is that size? not enough? I don't know what size a scoop is. What is that size, please? Thirty, uh, Probably 150 milligrams. Okay. Uh, when I first tried it, 
I brought back a telegram from Syntex in Mexico, and uh, I felt so much better on uh, 100 or 300 milligrams. I wanted to see if it was safe to recommend, and so I ate about 3,000 milligrams a day for a year and uh, felt great. Uh, didn't find any uh, side effects, and studies on, on rats in which they gave a rat about 10,000 milligrams in a single dose, uh, they didn't see, see any harmful side effects. So, And I, I noticed personally that 100 milligrams I didn't notice anything with, but um, 350 milligrams, then I said, okay, now I notice an effect from this pregnant alone, a very positive effect. And it would be good, you know, um, despite your uh, reservations about being punctured for phlebotomy, it would be good to know your progesterone to estradiol ratio to be uh, uh, re- reasonably scientific about the whole approach to it because you might have a very low progesterone to estrogen ratio, which is what Dr. Pete's coming from, I think, in terms of estrogen being totally responsible for inflammation and that inflammation and leakiness that is uh, governed by estrogen's effects on the vasculature. Uh, may well be uh, a contributory factor to what you'll experience at night time. And if you look into life extension, you can um, get some blood work ordered. They'll order blood work for you without a doctor. So if you don't want to go see an MD, then call life extension up. Very good. Um, They'll order you blood tests. Right. Okay, I, we have, I do have a doctor. I can yeah, get we, it from We have two more callers, so in order to be fair I with these people, I need to... I do appreciate your time. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Thank you for your call. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. Okay, next caller. Where are you from and what's your question? Hi there. Yeah, where are you from and what's your question? Um, I can hardly hear you. Can you speak up? I said, where are you from and what's your question? Oh, I'm from Laytonville, and I have a question and a clarification first. At the beginning of the show, you mentioned Chomsky. Were you referring to Noam Chomsky, the linguist? Correct, yeah. Wow, Okay. You didn't say his first name. So <laughs> oh, I think Dr. Pete mentioned... Uh, he might have mentioned his first name. At, at, oh, okay. Uh, I tuned in a little late. No problem. Um, my question is this. I've, I'm 76. I've been on the bioidentical estrogen progesterone for 20 years. Right. I'm, u- I'm just using the E2 and E3 forms of the estrogen, not the E1. Uh, topical cream, really low dose, and 50 to, um, I don't know if you want the numbers, with the with 50 of the progesterone. And um, I use a half a gram twice a day, and it keeps the hot flashes and night sweats away. And you're, um, and now, what do you think of the bioidentical? How old did you say you were, 81? 76. Se- 76. Dr. P. Uh, um, in the 1930s and 1940s, Alexander Lipschutz uh, tested on various animals the effects of uh, very small doses of estrogen, and he saw that uh, if that small dose was continuous, it would be carcinogenic to every tissue he looked at, brain, Was that kidney, bioidentical lung, so estrogen? Or, or uh, yes, Yes, bioidentical, but he found that if you interrupted it regularly the way the body does with uh, the uh, menstruation, yeah, the monthly uh, progesterone, uh, the luteal phase where you have progesterone in huge amounts uh, for two weeks, that interrupts the carcinogenic effect of estrogen. So uh, the 
even a, a big surge of estrogen once a month isn't carcinogenic as long as you're protecting it and uh, knocking it out of cells with good dose of progesterone. So the, the, it doesn't matter that uh, the, the dose of estrogen is small. It's, it's the discontinuity that is protective. And Dr. Well, if I interrupt it, Dr. Pete, would you not also say that it's estrogen which is more responsible for hot flashes? Um, yeah, actually, the, the estrogen turns on uh, nitric oxide, uh, which, which is a vasodilator and uh, causes leakiness of the blood vessels. So is that all three? You know, there's three estrogens, and you're using them all as one. Um, they all different. have the same effects, but at different doses. Uh, the estriol is about 10 times weaker than estradiol. Uh, and so uh, many doctors prescribe a, a, a dose such as uh, maybe 100 micrograms or up to one milligram of estriol uh, to, to get the same effect that they would get from uh, maybe 20 or 30 micrograms of estradiol. But it's still harmful if you don't interrupt it. Well, how long do you interrupt it for? Oh, I'm not sure, but uh, something approaching the body's two weeks is probably ideal, but I think a week w with a progesterone supplement is probably safe enough. Okay, well, um, uh, so you don't see much difference between the synthetic estrogens and the bioidentical then? Oh, um, no, the, the, it's the... Um, Estradiol is the powerful natural one. The um, ethanol estradiol is the The added group makes estradiol simply stay in your body longer, 17 times longer. Which uh, one is that, E1, E2, or E3? Uh, the ethanol estradiol is one used in so many birth control pills. And it's no, but I mean... But the estradiol is, is the natural. Is that E1 or E2 or E3? Uh, that's E2. So what would happen if I eliminated the E2? Uh, well, the, the, that's um, the strongest one, so it's it's safer with the lower dose. E3 yeah. is, is the weakest. Well, E1 and E3 are both weak. So why don't you try cutting out E2 and just using the E3 for two weeks out of the month? And using the progesterone the whole cycle and see what happens with your hot flashes. That's interesting. Um, well, I'll have to go through all the night sweats and hot flashes. Well, you might not. You, you might find that you don't have any at all. That's the point. You mean if, if uh, I just go right on to the new regimen? Yeah, because the estrogen is what causes the hot flashes and the progesterone is what stops it. So once your system gets used to the new regimen then maybe you won't have any more hot flashes. But we do have another caller on the line. Okay, we could maybe squeeze you. in one more quick call. I don't know if we can. We'll just try. Call Caller, away. you're on the air. Where are you from and what's your question? We've got to be quick. You've got about two minutes. Hello, my name is Peter. I'm from San Francisco. Go ahead, Peter. Two minutes. All right. Uh, my question is related to the estrogen research. Um, I understand that there are certain substances in plastics like EPA mm -hmm. that are estrogenic in nature. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there are certain types of foods, maybe more acidic or more basic, that are more likely to leach plastic or these substances into the food. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Pete? Um, uh, 
No, no, I don't know of any such effects of, of the pH of, of the food uh, metabolism, uh, but it's important to keep your protein and your B vitamins up. Those are the main things that uh, a deficiency of will uh, allow the liver to let estrogen build up in your body. Uh, a protein and B1 especially are, are the, the anti-estrogen nutrients. And a, another research fact that my colleague, a friend from Oxford University, found out about plastic water bottles is that if they're room temperature, they leak less plasticizers into the water. If they're cold or frozen, they become brittle and leach much more plastic compounds and into think, the water. I, I think with the, uh, the advent of this information of plastics leaching estrogenic mimics, uh, into the food and into the liquid they carry, I think there's much more uh, effort now to produce HDPE and other plastics which are not... Yeah, but not in to-go food. I mean, they, they're not going to use that high-quality plastic in to-go foods. But So that might um, apply to your food that you buy out of plastic containers. If it's in the refrigerator, it's going to be leaching more plastics into the food. Anyway, Dr. Great Pete, thank, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Pete. Uh, we're going to sign off with letting people know how to find you and uh, a bit more information about next month. Okay. Thanks thank a lot. Okay, so for those of you who tuned in this month, uh, thanks for your calls. Uh, next month, we're going to continue the subject. We didn't really get into it too much, but we'll break it down in full detail. Uh, Carla Rothenberg's uh, expose on the lies purported by the estrogen industry and why progesterone is as anti-inflammatory as Dr. P has been saying for a long time now. Well, and research has shown. Obviously. Okay, so uh, we can be reached uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 1-888-WBM-HERB. Uh, for those people who want to find out more about Dr. P, if they've never heard him before, um, his website, www.raypeat.com, is full of referenced articles. Um, so plenty of different information about lots of different situations there that are referenced. And then also on YouTube, if people want to tune in on YouTube uh, to listen to any of these shows, I think every one of them is on YouTube now. And I'm doing my best to get the 2016 and the early 2017 uh, programs on our website. Anyway, thanks for those uh, for you've tuned in and uh, all of you listening out there the pleasure drive's coming up in July so if you like this kind of show this alternative show you know it's just not the mainstream uh, if you want to keep hearing this support the, sh support the station please thank you for listening good night thanks so good much. Much. happy Thank solstice you.